our daily life. Sometimes we do get caught up in the everyday affairs that we forget who we are and what God has provided for us. Paul, in writing to the Philippians, and particularly over in the fourth chapter, again, it's a good little book to read through. It's a short one. But over in chapter 4, Therefore, my beloved, and long for brethren, my joy and crown, so stand fast in the Lord, beloved. Standing fast, standing firm, standing in the Lord, understanding who he is and who we are in the life that we live. Down in verse 4, rejoice in the Lord always, and again I will say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And that peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, Whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, <coughs> excuse me. if there is any virtue, and if, it, if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. The things which you have learned, and received, and heard, and saw in me, these do. And the God of peace will be with you. <coughs> that learning about that peace of God. We've mentioned from time to time, if you watch the news, read the newspapers, for those that still get a newspaper, uh, unless you read it online, Anything you pull up on the internet, it can be concern or can be alarming, it can be distressing, discouraging, disappointing. Sometimes you just get downright blue. When you see a nation with our, where our idealistic concepts, if you will, we hear it talked about oftentimes, but in actuality, it's, it's not there about being a Christian nation. It's supposed to be based on Christian ideas and principles, and then you see it from the top on down and from the bottom on up, anything but what God would have them to do. And it can become discouraging when you hear of the possibility of legislation being passed of one degree or another until sometimes you stop and remember they've been doing this for some time. I mentioned years ago when we lived in Baltimore 
and working a little bit with the Veterans Hospital there in Baltimore and being on a ethical committee that met to discuss the protocol that they would use for the ending of life for those who had no value to life or to society any longer. That they would establish a committee made up of different individuals from different walks of life and then they would determine whether that veteran deserved to live or if he should be terminated. This was back in the 70s. So whatever's going on, I mean, it's been going on before that. We see it at all ends of our lifespan, if you will. Uh, we may have fussed at those who were looking for that perfect society, perfect race. We're following very quickly the survival of the fittest uh, at either end. And that's frightening. But do not be discouraged. God is overall. That's hard to sometimes grasp. And I think that's why Paul spends some time in writing to these Philippians to encourage them. You need to be able to rejoice in the Lord always. And you need to understand that if you're striving to do His will, he has a peace that he gives. It surpasses all understanding and comprehension. It's hard for the world to even begin to grasp. How can you be so calm when, you, when we're always at the threat of a war? We're always at the threat of a riot, always at the threat of, of something here or there, whatever it may be. This again, look at the news and see almost every single day violence here or there against children and it's hard at times not to get discouraged and Paul is writing to those who were under extreme circumstances of their day and trying to encourage them it looks bad may get worse but you need to have a confidence in who God is so you can stand fast in the Lord stand firm Again, understanding he knows. And he has a purpose that we may not see. It's hard for us to understand the purposes that God has for the violence that we see of inhumanity of man to man. It's hard to understand his purpose when we see children being abused, when we see a host of various things that go on in life. They're reminding us Partly is to remind us, listen, you have a beginning of days and you have an end of days. And that time in between is very short. And whatever goes on in between will have an end to it. The question is, and what do you put your confidence and what do you put your faith? And what do you put your hope? I've always found as reached adulthood, if you guess, if you will, that I've always found it interesting that every four years 
we believe the lies of the politicians. I mean, they promise you the moon. When I get into office, this is what I'm going to do. And we believe them. And we know full well they cannot do it. And we fuss for the next four years. And then four years later, we go through the same process and we do the same thing over again. Well, if we can just get the right people in the right places, then things will work out like they ought to work out. <clears throat> Doesn't happen. Even the Lord's church is not immune to that. It doesn't happen. So the confidence is not in getting the right person in the right place. The confidence is in God who makes things right to his people. And have a trust in them. It's hard to explain. And Paul says, best I can say to you. There's a peace of God that surpasses understanding. And it guards your heart and your minds through Christ Jesus. That phrase in there, again, of reminding us. God gave you his word to help you to guard your heart and your mind. Keep the heart from... Not getting overwhelmed, but keep the mind. I mean, you can anticipate and you can imagine all kinds of things. The imagination just runs wild. Uh, Mentioned years ago when I was a child, we had neighbors up on the hill from us, and this was back in the 60s, and they were concerned about nuclear fallout, and they were building themselves a bomb shelter. And they were chiseling out by hand well, hammers and chisel, they were chiseling out by themselves. They were chiseling, trying to chisel out a room and a solid granite rock. And I don't know how long they whittled on that thing before they, I think they finally gave up. We went back close to 40 years later, and that hole wasn't any bigger than when we left. <laughs> so it's just saying, you know, the, the, the mind's imagination of you, you've got to do this. And we have all these things to kind of protect us, if we will. And we forget. We still forget who's in charge. By his word. By his word, he created the world. By his word, he sustains the world. And by his word, the world will come to an end. When he says, is it. This, that is it. I'd rather put confidence in him. I'd rather put hope in him. I'd rather put trust in him. Because I know he is true to his word. And again, at times it's hard for us. When he reminds us that we need... To be at peace, to rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. And when we begin to fret and to be concerned, when we become anxious and suspicious, we've lost what it is God wants from us. We've looked around. Remember Peter, the night that they spent... Fishing. 
And they see the Lord walking on the water on the Sea of Galilee towards them. And they're afraid. And then as Peter gets close to the city, it's I. He said, Lord, if it be you, bid me to come. And the Lord says, come. And Peter gets out of the boat and walks on the water. I don't know about you. Are you getting out of the boat? The other 11 didn't. (laughs) Peter got out of the boat. And he started walking towards the Lord. Then he heard the wind. And he saw the waves. And he became afraid and began to sink. Remember what the Lord told him? Oh, ye of little faith, why did you doubt? Reached out his hand and saved him. And I said before, I do, do not know how far he walked. It does not matter. He walked on the water. It doesn't matter if it's one foot, two foot. It doesn't matter how far he walked. He was walking on the water. He was walking towards the Lord. And he was close enough to the Lord that all the Lord had to do was reach out his hand to save Peter. And I thought about that many times. The wind had already been there. The waves were already high. So that wasn't new. It's when he took his eyes off of Jesus. And he lost perspective. And that's the sad part. It's the illustration for us in in the other aspects of life as well. I've known individuals along the same line. Serve God, faithful to him. And right towards the end, let the world get their attention. You know, how close and yet how far. You know, be that close to the Lord that all he had to do was reach out his hand and say, lift him up and to doubt. Has he not seen you through so far? Has he not, has not gotten you through difficulties that you did not know how you were going to get through them? Talk to numbers of you. You get in those times, and I've heard you say, don't know if I can take it another day. Don't know if I can take it another day. And that was seven years ago. <laughs> Some cases I've talked to individuals, it's been 25 years. You've got through it. You got through it. You keep your focus right. It's not the amount of time. It's to trust. To to be willing to trust him. To be willing to petition him in our prayers. In our prayers and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known to God. He longs for his children to talk to him. It's always that reminder that there's nothing so great in our life, nothing so minor in our life, that we cannot address it to God in prayer. We usually do not have much problem with the great things in our life. We're willing to take those to the Lord after we've tried a few things here and there. But it's the minor things. And we're never fully 
understand how much those minor things mean. Seeking his counsel. What is the right thing to do? Because the taking it to the Lord in prayer is causing us to reflect on what the situation is. How serious is it? It's not, well, Lord, what do you want me to do now that that guy cut me off in traffic? As I go out into traffic, Lord, help me to have the right mindset. (laughs) To keep the right attitude. To realize it's not that big of a thing. But I don't want to get stuck in traffic for two hours. Particularly when you're just right here in town. It's just, you know, it's just insurmountable. And you know what it's like when you try to get off whatever highway you're on? 20, 75, 45, it doesn't make any difference. Whatever you want to get off of, all those side roads are already clogged up. People doing the same thing. Does it matter? Well, I've got an appointment to keep. How important is it? On the other side, how important is it to keep your appointment with God on the day of judgment? Which one's of which one is of more value? Which one is more precious? All the traffic jams you've been in so far are all in the past. <laughs> May face some tomorrow, I don't know. But right now they're all in the past. You got through them. Doesn't matter what happened, what was involved in it, you still got through them. One day we stand before God. And everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, with gratitude, let your request be made known to God. And then he gives that peace if we're willing to turn to him. Let it be made known to him and to know that he watches over us, that he cares for us, and that indeed his will will be done. We sang it in the song, did we not? When upon life's billows you're tempted, tossed, when you are discouraged, thinking all is lost, count your many blessings, name them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord has done. In the hustle and the bustle of this world, count your blessings. Cannot even begin to count them. I mean, you just start with, I don't care where you start. There's just no way you can count the blessings that God has given. We don't realize how richly blessed we are in whatever area it may be in our life. Until that is gone. And then we wish we had more time. Wish we had more time to tell a person how much we loved them, how much they meant to us, what a source of encouragement to what they were to us in our life, 
How many times have I heard a child say, I just wish I could tell my mom, my dad, how much I want to thank them. Never knew what mom and dad went through until I became a dad. Then my appreciation for dad went up tremendously. I dealt with three, he dealt with eight. How did he deal with eight? When he retired, he still had two children at home in high school. How did he deal with all of that? But I love to tell him how much I love him. I'm just saying, count your blessings. Realize that the, the the preciousness of today. Talking to either Donna or or Jerry, and they were just making mention of the fact they knew Nat was in serious condition, but they really had not expected him to go that quickly. Just one more hour. (laughs) If the heart, the life is right with God, if the mindset is to do the things that are pleasing to God, understanding our imperfections and our weaknesses along the way, the death of anyone who is close to us, and that ought to be for all of us, there is a joy for the Christian who is has gone on the sadness in our heart but again in essence that's what we do at funerals is it not is remind ourselves look what they did look at the lives that they touched what a legacy they've left behind I've done funeral services where it's been just me and the funeral director. The request of the departed one was that he have a funeral service, but there wasn't anybody there. Sad commentary at times, is it not? But what about a child of God? You touch the lives of everyone here. You touch the lives of a lot of people in the the Metroplex. You touch the lives of a lot of people across the country. You never know who you've touched. But God does. So count your blessings. And it will surprise you what God has done how he's blessed your life, how he's gotten you through trials and tribulations, got through something, you wonder, how in the world did I ever get through that? Well, we know. We know how that happens. Dwell on the positive. Paul told the Philippians, anything good, honorable, just, of good report, virtue, praise, trustworthy, let your mind what? Let it dwell on these things. 
You make the choice. There's no way that you can think of everything that is possible to think of at any given time. It's impossible. So you are selective in what you, do, you choose to let in. You are selective in what you choose to meditate upon. You make that choice. Satan may cause a bad thought or an idea to cross your mind, but you don't have to dwell on it. You can let that go on through. You choose what you're going to stop and dwell on. Like saying, driving around anywhere, there's things I, care, I would choose not to see. But I don't have to dwell on those. I can choose something else to dwell upon. So the things that are good, honorable, just, of good report, virtue, praise, let your mind dwell on these things. And that God of peace will be with you. But involved in that as well is to be obedient to God's word. Do his will. The things you've heard, Paul is telling the Philippians, things you've seen me do, the things that are out there, these things do. And God will be with you. It's the obedience that he looks for. And it does not have to be, okay, I'm obeying you. There have been times when we've done things that we've been asked to do, but not always in the right spirit of doing them. You know, I've heard a grumble or two when I've asked the kids to do something and ask them, what you say? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> uh, I'm saying that we have the spirit of obedience. Do you not trust and believe without any hesitation that whatever it is that God has asked of you, with his help, you have the ability to do. Well, that's impossible. Well, who's telling me that it's impossible? Is God telling me it's impossible? Love me with all your heart. Is God telling me that's not possible? No, that's Satan telling me that. God only wants what is good for me. The Hebrew writer tells us in Hebrews 12. So he wants what's best for me. Do I trust him on that? So whatever it is, standing up for what's right, whatever the cost may be here, sometimes it may seem to be tremendous. But there have been so many times when one has lost a job for one reason, wanted to have another door open up, that was better. Do we trust him in wanting to do his will in our life? There's a fountain free. Tis for you, tis for me. It flows for all. He gives that hope of eternal life for those who love and obey. For those who find a joy in serving him. That the circumstances, the circumstances do not determine my disposition. God determines that. 
Circumstances do not. They may look bad, but they don't determine my, my disposition. I have a God who cares, a God who loves, and a God who protects, and a God who one day will take me home. Is that your hope? Is that your attitude? If it's not, are you willing to make a change so that it may be? Put your trust in him. If your life needs to be changed, if we could help you, if we could assist you in any way making a life right with God, then indeed we would bid you to come as together we stand and sing.